Welcome to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us. Matt Buff here in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio on this Thursday. Already the week is flying by with all this craziness in the world. Check us out on AM 950, 94.9 FM, The Answer Orlando. Also on your favorite podcasting sites, Roku TV, Patriot Podcast Network, and Rumble. Check it all out on thebuffshow.com where you can get extended interviews. We have so much to cover today. I mean, uh, we got some great guests for you. Jackson Lehmeyer, Senate candidate, is going to be on the show. Nurse Erin is on the show to hear. You're going to hear some horrific stories about what she filmed in New York City and beyond and what's going on in a lot of hospitals today. And Joe Flynn, securing your vote. Joe Flynn is on the show with us. And, of course, Maxford Nelson kicks us off because it's Freedom Foundation Thursday on the Buff Show. Maxford, welcome back. Great to have you. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. It's always good to always good to chat. It is good to chat. You guys are doing so much great work out there. I got to get your take real quick on the breaking news, how the Biden regime announces creation of disinformation governance board under the authority of Homeland Security with a lunatic Russian operative in charge. A disinformation governance board. That Did they get that out of the Stalin playbook, Max? I mean, what <laughs> the heck? I think they got it out of the Fauci playbook or the, the COVID-19 playbook. You know, we're, I think that term disinformation really got popularized in the last couple of years. At least that seems to have been when you started seeing it used more commonly. And, uh, you know, this, there's a fine line. Obviously there are certain things, certain claims, you know, stuff gets shared on social media. Uh, and this has always been true that, that are false or rumors. It's, it's gossip. It's somebody making something up to get, uh, eyeballs and, and clicks. And, you know, so yes, are, are things out there on the internet are claims made, uh, in public discourse that aren't accurate or that are various shades of the truth. Of course, that's always been uh, a feature of public policy discourse. Uh, it just, it's the way it is. The question is, what do you do about it? And so many of these disinformation efforts, whether they're coming from the government or whether they're coming from big tech, uh, it really is just code for censorship. And, it, and it's code for allowing uh, authority figures, again, either in government or in big corporations, to pick and choose what viewpoints they want to allow. Uh, and, you know, the, the problem with that is uh, sometimes the censors are wrong. Or, you know, the, sometimes they get it wrong, either for accidental reasons or intentional ones. Uh, so we've got to be really careful about anything these days that, that is targeted at alleged disinformation. Let me talk to the Republicans that are in Congress right now. you got to shut this thing down. This is insane. Do everything you can to discredit this because it's not a disinformation task force. It's a we don't want to hear about ivermectin and we don't want to hear anything against unions. That's what it is. Because at the same time, and, and this is this is just ridiculous. They have a Russian operative in there, Nina something or other, doing this. So to Elon Musk buys Twitter, then we're going to create a government entity to shut down that. We're, we're all excited about a free speech opportunity, but not with this regime. Not at all. And they also created the uh, union task force which a lot of people didn't know about, Max. And this is just unbelievable. And they put out a statement in February. Today, the task force, uh, task force on Worker Organizing and Empowerment, led by Vice President Kamala Harris as chair and Labor, Labor Secretary Walsh as vice chair, 
they released a set about 70 recommendations to promote worker organi organizing. So just like they have the disinformation task force mm -hmm. there in Maxford, they also have a task force to promote unionization of the American worker. And I'm, I'm sure Kamala Harris had a lot to do with writing that, by the way. Oh, I'm, I'm sure she was very happy to, to be chairing that particular task force. She had a long history coming out of California, uh, which is a very pro-union state. That's not the same thing as being a pro-worker state. Uh, so I think this is an issue that she cares quite a bit about. She owes a lot of her political history to the support of, of government unions and organized labor. So I'm not too surprised about that. You know, I've, I've read through the, uh, the task force report. Uh, it's you know, some of it is fairly mundane, but a lot of it is is really stretching. Uh, and, and again, you have to view this through the lens of uh, this administration's priorities. And even on the campaign trail, Biden made it very clear he wanted his administration to be the most pro-union administration in history. Uh, when you adopt that mindset, though, and when you adopt the mindset that this, this administration has, it's not about empowering workers. It's not about giving them choices and allowing to determine for themselves whether they want to join a union or form a union. Uh, it is about forcing them into unions uh, for political reasons, primarily, uh, because organized labor, particularly government unions, are the largest, most consistent and muscular uh, advocates uh, for progressive politics in the country today. There's just no uh, there's no close second. So what, what we see in these types of recommendations, which are mainly administrative rules, regulations, policies that the administration can adopt unilaterally, are efforts to, to pigeonhole people, uh, mainly in the federal workforce, mainly federal contractors, uh, into unionized arrangements. But that mindset has filtered down not just through administrative policy and regulations, but congressional priorities. We've seen uh, Biden pushing the Protecting the Right to Organize Act. Uh, which would force millions of private sector employees into labor unions uh, against their will, strip them the, of the ability to make their own choice as an individual, whether to join a union, uh, and then allow unions to organize people without elections, without votes. You know, for a party that claims to be democratic and for a labor movement that claims to be about workplace democracy, uh, doing away with secret ballot elections in which workers get to vote on whether to unionize, that's crazy. Uh, but again, it's not about empowering workers. It's about empowering union bosses. Yeah, because the money that they get from the paychecks of said employees goes to political campaigns that they want to support. Exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly it. And you guys talked about um, after the COVID funds went out and after all this other stuff, you guys created a report about profiting from a pandemic. We talked about it before, but now you've sent it off to the, uh, the Republican ranking members. Have you heard a response on this? And then give our audience a recap of what this means. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. So we came out with a report in February that uh, analyzed one of the biggest federal government pandemic uh, relief programs, the Paycheck Protection Program, which was designed to send money to small businesses around the country to help them keep people on staff and avoid mass layoffs during these government-induced uh, lockdowns uh, that we were all enduring there for, for so long. And uh, the, the program was meant to, uh, again, it was targeted to small businesses. Uh, certain types of nonprofit organizations, ma mainly just 501c3 charitable organizations, were also eligible for those funds. Uh, but labor unions were not, were specifically not eligible to participate in that program and receive those, those pandemic relief funds. Um, now, our analysis that we released uh, again in February found that over 200, uh, about 223 labor unions and related organizations uh, received more than $36 million through this program 
that they were not eligible for. And so we've been blowing the whistle on that for the past couple months. We've submitted our research and our findings to the Inspector General at the Small Business Administration, which was overseeing and administering this program. Uh, we've sent it to the Department of Justice, which has a uh, Center on Disaster Fraud that allegedly is, is uh, tasked with going after situations like this. Uh, and But we've seen uh, Republicans in Congress take an interest in the issue as well. Uh, there was a, a letter that was written to the head of the Small Business Administration uh, earlier this month uh, by four Republican Congress people, uh, Representative Virginia Fox out of North Carolina, who is the uh, the head Republican on the Education and Labor Committee, Lane Lukemeyer, uh, who is the uh, head Republican uh, member on the Small Business Committee, Representative Rick Allen from Georgia, uh, who's the head Republican on the Health, Employment, Labor, and Pension Subcommittee, and uh, Representative Beth Van Dyne from Texas, who is the uh, GOP uh, uh, leader on the Oversight and Investigations Committee. And essentially, they're, they're demanding more information from the Small Business Administration, asking them, hey, what's, we're citing our research uh, and asking them what's going on here. Is this uh, something that you're looking at? Are you doing anything about it? Now, the program has ended now. Funds aren't, aren't still being sent out the door. Uh, but there, there is no reason the Small Business Administration and the federal government can't go back and try to recover some of these funds that were improperly paid. Uh, that's happening in other contexts where loans were fraudulently issued. Uh, and certainly uh, it should be happening in this context. There, there really is no legal question that these unions simply were not eligible for the funds. No, they weren't based on the guidelines set by the administration when it came to distribution of these funds. Um, you've got uh, chapters all over the country. There's 56,000 there, 46,000 there, 20,000 here, Federation of Teachers and everything like that. I mean, these unions really pro profited. And like you said, $36 million <laughs> just gone from the taxpayers into these union pockets. <laughs> well, and, and there's a couple important things to bear in mind. It wasn't just illegal. I mean, that's obviously problematic on its own. Uh, but this was money that, again, was not available to small businesses that were struggling to survive during this period. Uh, the uh, government unions were big recipients of these funds, unions representing public employees. And by and large, government didn't have to shut down during the pandemic. There weren't mass layoffs of public employees, generally speaking, around the country. So public sector union members continued to be employed, continued to pay dues. Union revenues were not massively affected on the public sector side. And, and actually, these government unions, particularly teachers unions, were some of the biggest advocates for these lockdown policies and closing schools so that they could leverage that for their own political purposes. Uh, and, and they were at the same time, while not directly suffering, uh, able to cash in illegally on some of these COVID relief funds that, that again, Congress made uh, specifically available for small businesses. So, uh, and, and when you realize that much of the money that unions collect, particularly on the government, uh, government unions, uh, gets plowed right back into politics, you've got essentially illegal taxpayer funding of union political activity. It's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It deserves more federal attention. I'm glad to see that some uh, members of Congress are starting to take a closer look at it. And hopefully the Small Business Administration uh, has the integrity and the wherewithal to track this down and try to make this situation right for the American taxpayer. You know, you, you mentioned earlier, Matt, that, uh, that, you know, during the Trump administration, White House officials contacted the SBA and let them know, you know, that this appeared to be a problem. That was part of the uh, part of what we uncovered in our research. Uh, but so far, I haven't seen any evidence that the Small Business Administration took any action after being notified of that problem to solve it or, or to address it. 
Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're out there working behind the scenes and they just haven't no. acknowledged it yet. <laughs> but uh, I kind of I doubt it. So we'll, we'll see. I'm very curious to see how the SBA responds to this oversight letter uh, from these uh, House Republicans. We have more to go over with Max for Nelson here on the Buff Show, including a very strange video from Joe Biden talking to teachers. And, and we got some questions about the teachers unions. We have to take a break on the radio station, but you can catch the rest of this interview on our Roku TV podcast on the Patriot Podcast Network or Rumble. So for the radio listeners, we'll be right back after this. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour drafts every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events tonight. It's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays. Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Friday's live music and happy hour, then brunch with $10 champagne over the weekend. Mention the Buff Show, get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Welcome back to The Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. Let's head up to Oklahoma with our friend Jackson Lamar. Oh, Jackson, how you doing today? Oh, man, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, doing good. Jackson's running for Senate. And as you can see by the scroll on the video, you can go to jacklaw.us. Done. Simple, easy to help so out easy. with the campaign. So much easier than trying to spell Lawmeyer. You know, I should have thought this thing through and legally changed my name to Jack Law. It would have been so much easier. Well, you got a legacy to continue on, though. Your family might not have liked that. <laughs> you can count on that. <laughs> Very good. So how's the campaign going? Give us updates on the Senate race in Oklahoma. Well, we're doing tremendously well. You know, I'm taking on a rhino of the highest order in James Langford, man who stabbed President Trump in the back on January the 6th, proposed blanket amnesty for every illegal in this country in 2018, mocked Trump's border wall in 2017, saying we don't need walls. He wrote the legislation to replace Columbus Day with Juneteenth. I mean, we're talking about a rhino of the highest order. Now, he's got establishment money and influence behind him. He has raised five and a half million dollars in the campaign. He's already spent three million dollars against me. Here's the beautiful news. This is the beautiful news. We currently are sitting at 36% in the polls. He's at 46% in the polls. Think about it. He has spent $3 million. He can't break 50%. 
He's 46, we're 36, 17% break undecided, not because they don't know who he is, simply because they don't know who I am just yet. So we've nearly raised a million in the campaign, no PAC money, rallies with thousands of people in attendance. Over the next 60 days, we will close that 10-point gap, and I believe we're going to win this thing on June 28th. Well, it sounds like that's great breaking news, actually, because you're hanging right there with them. And he's just out there talking. I, I would play you some clips from Langford, but I don't want to put the audience to sleep. <laughs> we don't want to do that to them. No, because he's droning on about this and that. And it's just he's not getting things done for not just the people of Oklahoma, but for the people of the right. United States. We still got people rotting in jail without a trial based on the. You won't even mention that. What a disgrace. What won't a disgrace. Even talk about it. And and he's and he's talking about the border, the border being out of control. But you know, where were you fighting for that lost seventy-two billion dollars of wall and stuff like that? It yep. just seems some of these guys, Jackson, when you watch them, it seems like you they're just talking. Yeah, you, there's no action behind it. It's just talking. That's what I see in James Langford. Uh, you're totally on this guy. Uh, he literally speaks out one side of his mouth and does something else. That's why we've got to replace him. You know, here's the thing. In 2022, in these upcoming midterms, Republicans are going to take back the House. We're going to take over the Senate. There's no doubt about it. The real question is, are we going to take over the House and the Senate with same old, same old Republicans? Because if that's the case, do you know how much changes? Nothing at all. We've got to take back the House and the Senate, not just with Republicans, but with America first individuals that will actually put the United States of America first, James Langford will not do that. He has proven that over his 12 years in Washington, D.C. He will put himself and the establishment such as Mitch McConnell first, not the United States of America. Is it a lock when you win the Senate seat? Is it a lock that Mitch McConnell is going to be the majority leader or can you guys put together a committee to redo the vote on that? I mean, what can you do? I don't think it's a lock, and here's why. If we do what we need to do, and that is not just elect same old, same old Republicans. If we elect same old, same old Republicans, Mitch McConnell, he's a lock. You can guarantee it. He's not going anywhere because he owns people like James Langford. He owns them. I mean, so it's the most amazing thing. He says jump, and people like Langford, they say hi, hi. It's just incredible. So if we get a fresh batch of people up there that are not owned by Mitch McConnell, there is an opportunity, especially with the pressure that President Trump is placing upon. He wants McConnell gone. So we get the right people there. Uh, it can happen. But that's why these midterms are so important, because we cannot have another time period of Mitch McConnell leading the Republicans in the Senate. He's got to go. It's time to go. And same with Kevin McCartney in the same House. Thing. Same thing. And Matt Gates was on um, Tucker last night talking about that. Well, you just said that it is not a lock that Kevin McCarthy is going to be the uh, leader of the Republicans. Well, the, I think that's the We've got to get House. people like my good friend, John Bennett, in the second district of Oklahoma. We've got to get people like John Bennett elected to Congress. People like Sabrina Banks, who's running against Stephanie Bice in the fifth congressional. Let me tell you something about Stephanie Bice. Stephanie Bice was the only person from Oklahoma who voted in support of the January 6th commission. Now, you know what that is, because we have a mutual friend named Roger Stone who's gone through hell uh, because of this commission. That January 6th commission is the greatest political witch hunt 
in American history. And Stephanie Bice, Congresswoman, 5th District of the state of Oklahoma, voted in support of it. Can you believe that, that a Congresswoman from Oklahoma would vote in support of a January 6th commission? It's unbelievable. So we've got people like Sabrina Banks. She's a true patriot who's taking on uh, Stephanie Bice, and I believe she's going to defeat her. That's the thing. It's not just electing Republicans like Stephanie Bice. She's not a Republican. She's a rhino. We've got to get people in there like Sabrina Banks in the 5th Congressional District of Oklahoma in order to remove people like Kevin McCarthy. Are you guys campaigning together, doing events oh, together? Listen, we're putting together an America First ticket. You got John Bennett in the 2nd District of Oklahoma. He's a warrior, state party chairman. He endorsed me when it's never happened before in the history of the state of Oklahoma that a sitting Republican chairman uh, would endorse a candidate in the primary. John's a warrior. He's running now for the open uh, seat in the congressional district, which is number two in Oklahoma. You got Sabrina Banks in the fifth. You got some great people that are running for office. And it's very important that we don't just elect Republicans. We've got to elect America first individuals who will put America first. This reminds me of 2010 a little bit because uh, Barack Obama was busy destroying the U.S. economy and, and the jobs and businesses were closing left and right. We had this huge red wave. Yes, we did. And I remember all the, the Tea Party, right? Yep. All these young, energetic, conservative Republicans rushing into the House. And who takes the microphone? John Boehner. <laughs> and it killed our momentum. Yes. We can't have the same thing here, Jackson. Nope. Is, is that the rumblings? It sounds like it from you, Matt Gage. It sounds like that is the rumblings. We're not just trying to win these seats. We're running because we feel like we have to. And we're not going to do all this just so people like Kevin McCarthy yep. can mess it up. No, we have to learn from our past history. The Tea Party was an incredible movement. But if we were to be honest with ourselves, it failed on the promises that was made by the individuals that ran upon that platform of the Tea Party movement. They, I mean, you got people like James Langford who ran as a Tea Party person. That's when he came into office, ran on term limits. He obviously doesn't believe in term limits now. It's the most amazing thing how these guys run on term limits. And then when the term limit expires, they continue to run. I just never seen anything like it in my life. That is why we've got to elect America first individuals. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to have people in leadership positions because it is important to the face of the news conference. You know, they're they're the ones doing the appointments on the judges. Yes. And I don't think the Republicans are doing enough to try to stop in the Senate. These radical, absolutely crazy, lunatic fringe nominees uh, that are coming up for positions in in front of the Republican Senate. I don't think they can't even define what a woman is, Matt. She couldn't define what a woman is. How in the world does an individual who cannot define what a woman is make it all the way to the Supreme Court? That's like a that's like a pretty high position, you know. That's that's a very high position to be on. And she couldn't define what a woman is. It's unbelievable. Yeah, Jackson, when Judge Jackson said she No relation. Define it. No relation. Yeah, no relation, none. <laughs> I, I I wasn't sure. <laughs> But the, the fact that she wouldn't define it is even more troubling. It told you everything yes. about her. And there was a couple Republicans that were all out saying, this cannot pass. This shall right. not pass. Like Lord of the Rings. This shall not pass. And yet other ones were too scared. Well, it's a black woman. I can't I can't not vote for her. I mean, I don't want to. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Judged. You got someone like James Langford who takes a picture with her. 
It's it's a congratulator. I'm thinking to myself, why are you taking a picture with this individual who has no business, no business whatsoever, and congratulating her on social media? This is not something to celebrate. This is something we should be ashamed of, that we just put a person on the Supreme Court who cannot define a woman. Taking a picture with her and congratulating her is a sign of weakness. And the Democrats see that and they expose it. That's why they love people like James Langford. We have got to get our house in order. I'm talking about the Republican House. The problem is not the crazy, radical Democrats. We recognize what they're for. The real problem is the weak, corrupt, spineless Republicans that enable and empower the crazy, radical Democrats by taking pictures with them and congratulating them on becoming the first black woman on the Supreme Court. If I was a black woman, I would be ashamed that she was the first black woman on the Supreme Court. It's unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we should have fought as hard as Joe Biden did against the first black woman nominee. <laughs> he said he <laughs> oh, would Matt, 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 Don't talk about No, no, we're going to get banned here. Don't talk about that, Matt. Well, we're not going to get banned on the new Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Not well, we might for the next six months, but not after you know. I got suspended yesterday for seven days on Twitter, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I knew that was gonna happen last uh, night on the show. On the show, I said because everybody was just mass tweeting the election was stolen, and this and that. I'm like, guys, the takeover hasn't happened yet. I had They're to test the waters, you. I had to test uh, the waters, uh, it didn't end well. Jackson, I want to go unfiltered with you, but we have to take a break for our radio listeners. For our radio listeners, you have to catch the rest of this interview on Roku TV on the Patriot Podcast Network or on our Rumble channel. You're going to want to catch this because we're going to discuss Easter Bunny Gate and all kinds of other crazy breaking news with Jackson Lamar, Senate candidate in Oklahoma. Jackson, stay with us. This is going to be awesome. But for you radio listeners, we'll be back after this. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Since 2012, Cellulartronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair, electronics repair, and computer repair. They fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. They also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up back covers are only $120. With one super convenient location, 31 South Charles Richard Beale Boulevard in DeBerry. Or call them at 386-516-6185. Visit Cellulartronics.com. Cellulartronics. Since 2012, Cellulartronics. Welcome back to the Buff Show. Great to have you. That last segment there, we were talking to Jackson Lehmeyer, candidate for the U.S. Senate. But we got great candidates, but we need to protect the election process as well. Let's go to Joe Flynn, friend of the show from the America Project. Joe, 
Welcome back to the Buff Show. Great to have you. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good to see you, and thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. Um, the left still wants to find a way to get that uh, election reform bill back on the table. They say they're meeting with Manchin. And so what will it take to get you to have government run, the federal government run the elections? What what can we do to have that happen? Well, uh, I mean, so far, I like the fact that Joe Manchin has held his ground. I think, you know, he sees his political future in the state of West Virginia, and um, it's effectively over. Now, the problem with that is that if he does cave, we're in real trouble. And I always, I always say this. I mean, we really were two Democratic senators away from losing the republic. If H.R. 1 passes, our ability to uh, get uh, ourselves back, get this republic back, get free and fair elections back is effectively over. I'm not sure how we recover from something like that. No, that would be detrimental because states would lose their rights. And that's unconstitutional. And tell everybody what you're fighting for at the American Project, Eagles Wings, and everything you guys are doing because primaries are happening now. Yeah, so the America Project decided this year, because it is a critical election year, that we were going to put all of our efforts into what we did in Virginia, the same model we did in Virginia last year, which was motivating a very motivated or activating a very motivated base of conservative patriots uh, in these states. And what we did is we're training them to be precinct and poll watchers, which is a big deterrent to fraud. It doesn't eliminate it, but certainly deters it. And secondly, we're targeting low propensity voters because it's an off election year, low propensity voters, people who haven't voted in two and three voting cycles that that agree with America first policies, very much uh, focused also on minority communities like we did in Virginia. We visited 300 black churches and we turned out a historic number of uh, African-Americans voting for conservative candidates. And we won the House of Delegates and we won the. Uh, the governor's race, we won the lieutenant governor, and we won the attorney general. We're taking that same playbook to eight critical states, eight critical states, which include our our state here, Florida, Texas, Georgia, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Critical states. If we had more money, we'd do more. But this is where we're focusing our efforts. And uh, we've got, you know, we're, we're up and running. We've got states directors in each one of these, and we're actively working with our partners in those states to get people out and get people. One of the problems with the conservative movement up to this point is that people were too busy making money and raising their families and the country just kind of got stolen out from under us. We're, we got to change that. And I'm optimistic because we're getting a great turnout from, from patriots in all these states. A lot of people say this is the year of the parent, too, and I agree. This is the first midterm where school boards are just as important as congressional races almost. And so the parents are coming out in droves. Are you feeling a lot of that from uh, responses you guys are getting at the America Project? Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, Virginia, the whole Virginia uh, race, uh, governor race in particular, was very much focused around the parental uh, activism, especially as you looked at Loudoun County, that's happening everywhere. I literally, before I came in here, I had a meeting with a woman here in Sarasota County who's been all over the news because she was escorted out of the school board by the, the school board police. The Sarasota County here in Florida has its own school board police department, which is crazy. <laughs> that's happening everywhere. I always keep saying we're going to win this country back one mother at a time. And that's what's happening. Mothers have had it. 
And the election integrity is a big deal. I know your brother, uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, is out there. Roger Stone is out there. A lot of people are out there on Eagle's Wings. Yes. Fighting for this. How can people feel comfortable about the election because of the work you guys are doing? Well, listen, uh, there's a lot of this debate on our side about, well, you know, why do why should I even vote? Because, you know, my vote doesn't count. The elections are rigged. It's true that the elections have been rigged. OK, and it's true. There's problems with the machines. The machines should be thrown out. We should have same day voter ID voting. All of that should be true. But we can't we cannot affect that until we have the right people in office. So we have to do two things. We have to transform the Republican Party because the Republican Party is broken and is weak and uh, is one of the reasons why we're in the mess we're in. So as we transform the Republican Party to a more America first focused uh, organization, that's step one. Then we get the right people in the right offices at the local levels, at the state representative, state Senate levels. We got to do that. With that, we can eliminate if we get that in place, we can eliminate the machines. We can do same-day voting. But it all comes down to having the right, I like to say, butts in the right seats from an election. And it's not easy. It's a big challenge. And But people need to stop complaining and get out and help us with this. You know, become a precinct volunteer. Become a run for office, you know, at, at, at for the school board. Get active because if you if you sit back, and complain and worry and say, oh, my God, everything's over. Nothing matters. You're just going to allow the left to take this country over. And they're the minority. They are the minority. Make no mistake about that. So you got to get active. I love how you talk about activation because that's what happens. And those states you mentioned at the beginning that you guys are really focusing on, that's where the steal happened in 2020 with those states. People think, oh, you guys are crazy. It was a nationwide thing. There were problems all over the nation, but they were strategic in hitting those battleground states. When you're talking about thousands of votes, not millions, but thousands of votes that overturned the electrical elector or college. Right. People wanted to see that evidence and feel very defeated and frustrated that they didn't get to hear all the affidavits, all the testimony and all that stuff. And the left really did a they, they were clever. They broke it. They stole it, and then they covered it up very clever with their partners in the media. This is the message we got to get out there to people that, hey, like Virginia, if you show out in droves, in droves, it overcomes the fraud. You have to overwhelm them. I mean, the fraud is there. It's going to be there. The fraud was in Virginia, uh, Fairfax County, you know, Fairfax County and um, Richmond County. There was fraud there, but if we we turn out, Five to seven percent more in numbers. And that's why targeting targeting the Hispanic and the African American community is is important to our efforts in Operation Eagle's Wings. In the, for example, in Virginia, we targeted three hundred African American churches, and we had a historic turnout for conservative candidates uh, in Virginia uh, this year. And we have a African American lieutenant governor who's fantastic. We're doing the same thing in Florida. We're doing the same thing in Texas. Focusing on the large minority communities, uh, the Hispanic community, we've hired a well-known activist by the name of Bianca Gracia, who's actually just, uh, she's so busy right now, she's all over the place. She just was in Florida, had to fly back to Texas. She's got a whole program. She ran Latinos for America First. She ran Latinos for Trump. 
Bianca has a whole network and a whole program to activate the Hispanic community in particular, which are really their 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 core values, their core family values are very much in 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 tune with uh, with an American first uh, conservative. It's it's these people are Christian or they're Catholic, they're pro life, they work hard, they don't they don't buy into CRT, they don't buy into uh, all this transgender nonsense that they're trying to shove down our kids' throats. So this is a big opportunity for the conservative movement to embrace our brothers and sisters in the minority communities, particularly Latin and uh, Latino and uh, African American. So you know we're excited about that, and we're put, making a big effort. Let's introduce our audience to Bianca. We got her. Uh, we got a clip of her um, campaign ad. This is pretty remarkable. It's fun to play. This is yeah. who Joe's talking about. Texas economy. Ask anyone from Venezuela, Cuba, or China why they fled their nation. They will tell you because here there is freedom. I've been from one end of the nation to the other, and to be honest, I think the nation has forgotten. You don't mess with Texas. I'm a fighter that will fight for you and your family, and we have so much to fight for. To those who have been given much, much is required. This is a battleground year for Texas, folks. I'm Bianca Gracia. I'm running for Texas Senate District 11, and I approve this message. I love it because of the whip right there. And, you know, Biden or Saki didn't apologize for all the crap they gave the Texas Rangers and the Border Patrol. I mean, it's just unbelievable, Joe. But I had love playing that clip because it's a great ad. I love the whip at the end. That was so cool. But yeah. that's the fighters we need. So I bet you guys were really thrilled to have her on board over there. Yeah, I've known Bianca for a long time, I, you know, since the 2016 campaign. That's when I met her. And she just is just an amazing woman. She's a mother. Her husband's a retired uh, police officer, Houston Police Department. Uh, she's a first-generation American. Her parents were born in Mexico. She's a fighter. She's a patriot. And more importantly, she's really a great organizer. And she has a great reputation about bringing various different groups. In the Hispanic community in this country, um, actually, it's very varied, if people don't know that. You know, the Cubans and, and, and Puerto Ricans and Venezuelans, you know, that's a whole each, – each country kind of has, has its own subculture. And, and of course, the Texas uh, Tex-Mex culture is different. The California uh, Mexican community is a little bit different. But Bianca does a great job bringing them all together uh, based on their own core family values. You know, Christianity, uh, uh, pro-life, pro-family, and, and uh, against all this nonsense that they're forcing down our, our kids' throats in school, in the public schools, are, uh, are uh, really a problem for these Hispanic families because they're not getting what they need and, and, the, and the families are being turned off by it. So, you know, it's a, it's a big opportunity and we want to take advantage of it. And frankly, the Republican Party has done a pretty lousy job embracing the Latino community. They, um, they don't understand the nuances. And now we're, we're kind of uh, acting as an organization to sort of help <laughs> the, the mainstream Republican Party you know, embrace the Latino community. Um, and Bianca is a great model, a great you know leader to do that. Yeah, absolutely. What a great team you guys have out there. Everybody check out the America project. I'm uh, sorry, America project.com and, and get involved today. Joe Flynn, thanks so much for joining us today to talk about this important issue, making feel people, making people feel safe about the election. 
Right on, Matt. Thanks a lot. And I just encourage everybody in there uh, that are out there listening, please get active this year. Don't sit back. Don't let's not allow them to continue to take over this country. We know we've got the numbers, but we've got to come out. We've got to we've got to show up. That's the most important thing. Thanks Absolutely. again, Matt. Yeah, you got it, Joe. Thank you so much. Joe Flynn, everybody. He's absolutely right. You got to overwhelm the system. We'll be back on the Buff Show. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. A family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses and force on force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full time gunsmith on site. Sarah Coding Services, Laser engraving and more mention the buff show and get a 25 dollars discount on courses you'll find veritas tactical at 207 north goldenrod road suite 200 in orlando contact veritas tactical 407-309-3000 407-309-3000 and at veritas tactical.com veritas tactical you heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show not all homes qualify an energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Welcome back to the Buff Show, heading into our final segment, and it's a doozy. We got to talk about what's really going on out there in hospitals and the last two years. You know, I got a notification today on memories on the Facebook app. Two years ago today, DeSantis went on Hannity to talk about opening Florida. (laughs) That was two years ago today to have a discussion about opening Florida. We should have never shut down. We've talked about many times on the show, the livelihoods that were ruined, the businesses that were run, the depression, the divorces, the domestic abuse, everything that happened because of this and the suicides went through the roof. Now we're going to go dive into the hospitals a little bit more with Nurse Aaron. Check out nurseaaron.org. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you so much, man. It's nice to be here. Well, it's great to see you too. Been watching a lot of the videos and everything, so I feel like I know you already. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people say that, but um, yeah, we're we're all fighting it together here. Your story started um, getting national attention in New York City because in New York yeah. City they were they call it the epicenter of the epicenter. Yeah. When it turns out there was just a lot of nefarious activities going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I guess like long story, um, I I actually reside in Florida um, and I had just taken a a travel position there. I've not been a travel nurse ever, you know, prior to that. It was just that, you know, that that great need. Right. 
And, um, you know, when I got there, that's when I'm like, all right, now, now this all makes sense. Like, this is why the people are, people are dying, you know, and it wasn't because of COVID. So that's kind of like my, my story in a nutshell. And I just kind of needed, I felt like I needed to document history for one. And then two, you know, to, to stop the, the horrible things that were happening, you know, behind the, the locked doors. We had a nurse on the show before and she was a heart, a cardiologist. And what she told us, she got fired because they were moving patients mm -hmm. into her ward or out of her ward. So people that needed heart treatment were being marked as COVID positive. And so they weren't getting the heart treatment they needed mm -hmm. and they ended up dying, even though they were marked as COVID positive. And Lori, who introduced us, her sister, never diagnosed with COVID, mm -hmm. was put on COVID protocols, and she died. So these are the things you're talking about that you were saying? Yeah, I mean, this is now over two years ago. Well, almost two. I mean, I was already in the hospitals. Uh, I was in the hospital two years ago. I was at Elmhurst Hospital, which was the epicenter of the epicenter. So New York was the, quote, epicenter. And then Elmhurst Hospital is where uh, most people will remember the freezer trucks of bodies, like that was like over oh, those, that's the hospital that I was at. And, you know, we're talking now two years that um, this has been exposed, you know, that, that people, at least our government have known this entire time that it's always been the protocols. Um, it's always been the lack of uh, immunity to the hospitals, the financial incentives, um, and, and ultimately the government getting in between the doctor patient relationship, you know, and so two years, uh, you know, that it's been going on and I've had a really hard time, um, getting like the, you know, the, the left or the right to, to pay attention to this story. And for some reason, um, you know, it's been buried and I am just, I'm never going to stop, you know, talking about it because, I am now the the voice for the the voiceless, like all of these patients that died unnecessarily, um, that didn't have to die, that were refused autopsies, that their families like still are being refused the full medical records. You know, like I'm that voice now. You know, and so that's kind of you know here I am two years later. I'm not I'm not going to give up, and uh, this is definitely the hill that I'm 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 good with you know dying on here. So um, it's it's just important uh, for, you know, our, our future generations too, you know, because this isn't going to be, this isn't their fight. This is our fight. Yeah, this is the COVID protocols. Mm -hmm. We've yeah. had doctors on, we've talked to many medical professionals that talk about this. I saw some of your films where you show mm -hmm. that somebody on the chart said not COVID positive. Yeah. But yet they were on COVID protocols. Who made that determination? You know, all of the, the, at the time, President Trump left all of the, I guess, protocols and, you know, uh, the way that each state was allowed to kind of do their own thing in a way. That's why, um, like, Florida was a lot more free than, per se, you know, New York. So it was Cuomo that created these executive orders. So I'll just give you a, a a little rundown and especially for a lot of viewers that haven't have never heard of my story because it's been so censored 
um, like I call it like the assembly line to death. So what, what happened is per like the executive orders from governors. So you, you'll notice that a lot of states were affected a lot worse than others. And that was because of these protocols, many democratic states, um, like the New York, uh, uh, Michigan, you know, like that's where we saw the highest death count because of the protocols. So they, they removed the liability from all hospitals, pretty much every, every single, um, healthcare facility that um, had any type of patient care, including all the personnel inside that facility were liability free. Um, so it was like a, a, a free for all. Um, and on top of that, then they removed all family members from the hospital. So now the patients didn't have any advocates add on the financial incentive to admit these patients. So we're talking $13,000, um, a patient in New York at my, at the Elmhurst hospital in Queens, that was $13,000 a patient. And that was just to admit. So that was like FEMA money, federal money, taxpayer dollars that were going to the hospital just to admit the patient to the floor. So they saw like a lot of dollar signs that way. So what they were doing is regardless if they were COVID positive or not, they were just calling them COVID positive. Specifically, they called it COVID rule out. So let's say you go in there with a cough, could be COVID, COVID rule out, put them to the floor, $13,000 paycheck. So like the, they, then on top of that, they also banned treatments that we knew work at that time. It was the hydroxychloroquine and zinc protocol. We were using that at my hospital. I worked in the ER in Florida. We were using that successfully, got to New York and it was banned. And actually um, the only way a doctor could be liable and lose their license and their job is if they actually prescribed the hydroxychloroquine or anything that was not allowed per the state. And so then I'm like, well, all right, so you can't do anything other than a ventilator. And that was the protocol, uh, $39,000. Every time uh, the hospital put a patient on a ventilator, it was another paycheck to them on top of the 13,000. So I got there in early April um, of 2020. And at that time, every single patient had died on the ventilator. So, you know, I started raising questions, you know, why can't we try anything else? Like, we know this isn't working. It's a definition of insanity and just keep doing it. Like they knew nobody was surviving and they said, because nothing else works. And that's when I was like, all right, this is something's, um, you know, going on. And, um, and then like, they would pretty much just wait uh, until they went into multi-system organ failure um, and and die. You know, there was pretty much no other treatments. They just use a lot of paralytic sedatives, kept them in a, you know, induced coma, essentially on ventilator. And then, you know, they stacked them in the freezer trucks in the back. Um, sometimes they ran out of body bags for a moment. They were putting them in black, black trash bags. Staff would take their belongings home. I mean, it was just absolutely disgusting. I saw, I saw that in the first... The first few days that I was there, I, I'm like, you know what, I can't, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to sleep at night if I don't say something or do something and tried going up the, my chain of command and everyone was pretty much like, you know, shut your mouth or you're going to go home. And there were other nurses that were sent home before me. So I contacted a couple of attorneys that I knew in New York and I'm like, hey, no one's going to listen. No one's going to believe this. So we need to do something. And so I was sent some spy glasses and I started like recording everything undercover. And then, um, you know, with the intent of uh, filing, um, you know, a lawsuit against 
pretty much everybody in the hospital system, the governor and uh, all the way up to, you know, Fauci. So yeah, that's, um, that's kind of what I, what I did. And I did it independently. You know, I wasn't working with anybody. It was just, it just felt like I was called to, to do this, you know? No, absolutely. Your background as a combat veteran, when you were in the army, did that kick in any instincts to, because in, if you're in a combat situation, you do anything you can to save that patient. Mm-hmm. But it seems like money really got in the way here in America with the COVID patients or the non-COVID patients that were put on a ventilator. Because from what I know, a ventilator usually is the last line of defense, which is really means you're done anyway. Mm-hmm. You're saying a lot of these patients you guys could have treated and not put them on a ventilator and they would have probably been alive today? Oh, yeah. I would say of all of the patients that I treated um, and, and even not, I mean, every single patient that was on a ventilator in there, I'd say like 99.6% of them didn't need to be on ventilators and would have been totally fine going home and wow, treated that, properly. So, I mean, that. this is, was a mass genocide. There's no doubt about it. Like I, um, I, I have been to combat, you know, I was in Iraq in 2003 to 2004, like beginning of OIF, OEF war. And, you know, they were calling this like the front lines and, you know, frontline heroes. I heard the same kind of stuff. And when I was overseas, you know, and, you know, the propaganda, it was like really easy to distinguish because they did similar things like that when I was in Iraq. Like I'd be watching the news over there and they'd be reporting things that I was definitely not seeing. And I was just, 1819 at that time. And, um, you know, calling it a frontline war zone, like I actually flew in to New York. They had me pack my bags in two days and I sat around for like three days. So I'm like, all right, if this is like an actual war zone. I usually, you know, get to work right when you, you know, you drop <laughs> and land. And so I started talking to other nurses and some of them were sitting around for like three, four weeks. And you have to like, we're getting paid $10,000 a week to do that. And I'm not talking just like a few nurses. I'm talking hundreds of nurses sitting around three, four weeks. This is the height of the pandemic. Yeah. This is at the height of the pandemic. Absolutely. For our radio listeners, Mm -hmm. this is the end of the show. However, you can catch the rest of this interview. We're about to get pretty heavy into what's going on in America. You can catch that on Rumble. You can catch it on Roku TV, the Patriot Podcast Network. Go to thebuffshow.com for the links. But for our radio listeners, that's the end of the show. You guys have a great evening. We'll see you next time.